Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's good to be back with you this week after being away for a few days for work reasons. So no, it was not a vacation. I can't really remember when was the last time I had a vacation of some sort, but the Lord is good and we keep rolling on. We'll keep going as far as the Lord takes us. We hope you are blessed and built up by the messages we share from other folks that serve the Lord. Thank the Lord we are not the only source for biblical truth, although sources are becoming rather scarce because there are a lot of things out there that sound like the truth, and they even use the Bible, but they may not be sharing God's truth. You need to be careful out there. Not all prophets or preachers speak God's truth. We are not perfect, but we try to be as faithful as possible, and we know that sometimes the truth is not pleasant or popular. But we bear in mind that we will be held accountable before the Almighty, so trying to be as aligned as possible with the Lord is more important to us than to be popular and pleasant. And so, as we continue looking at God's Word today through the book of Proverbs, we will talk briefly about a few verses in chapter 17 that have to do with wickedness and evil. The book of Proverbs in general discusses wisdom, things that make sense to do and not to do throughout, for our own good and the good of others. But there are some instances that it explains what not to do because they are outright wrong and evil. At the end of the day, all godly wisdom is for our own good, but even more so when we receive God's direct instruction regarding things that are just wrong and that we should stay away from doing them. We'll look into this a little further ahead. But for right now, let's take a moment to pray together for God's guidance and that He open up our hearts and minds to receive what He has for us today. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I, I give you thanks, O Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, and as always, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the love that we have through Him, and for the forgiveness that we have through Him. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I, I pray that you please continue forgiving me, Lord. I pray, O Lord, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Lord God, that you please guide us to your word, to your Holy Spirit, that you may help us to understand, that you may help us to have open hearts and minds. Heavenly Father, let it not be my words, but let it be your word that touches us and that works in us and that, and that Lord God, that helps us to understand what we need to understand and to hang on to what we need to hang on to. I give you thanks for your Holy Spirit and for your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 17, and this is what we read. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. An evildoer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is her father. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who covers a transgression seeks love but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. An evil man seeks only rebellion, therefore a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. 
Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore stop contention before a quarrel starts. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born in adversity. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Also, to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. As we have shared before, God's word is God's counsel to mankind where it explains what is right and the ramifications of those actions, and it also explains what is wrong and the consequences of those. Every single thing in life has consequences. Everything triggers a natural and consequential chain of events that leads to other things. And those other things are what they are based on our actions. That's why when we sin, there are things that happen as a result of sin, sooner or later. That's why we need to be careful. We cannot go by what this world teaches us, that we should just be carefree and, and do whatever we want to do to do whatever makes us happy. We may not see the consequences of our actions right away, but guaranteed things will catch up with us. And here is where the great value of the Word of God comes in, because we have the instruction from God Himself as He inspired men to write down what is necessary for us to know, so that we can avoid the destructive and eternal consequences of sin, starting by being forgiven and attaining eternal life through Jesus Christ, rather than being eternally and rightfully condemned for our transgressions. The natural consequence for our sins, whether they are few or many, is to be eternally lost and separated from God. But God's grace extends beyond that consequence and does what was once considered impossible by redeeming us from our sins. Nothing or no one else can do that. But even after we have come to Christ, we need to learn and apply His Word so we can stop doing those very things that cause death that He has saved us from so graciously. Because there is still an inevitable truth out there where the word explains that for the wages of sin is death. When we sin, we buy death. We purchase it. So if we have come to Christ, then we should stop buying death for ourselves because that is where the consequences come in. God forgives us, but we will still need to deal with the physical consequences of our actions especially if we commit them knowingly, 
after we have come to know Christ. This is something that many people do not teach, but it is very clear in God's word. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 to 31 says this, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy in the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose he will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is very clear here that he is talking about his people, not the world. So don't get upset, but rather take heed of its warning and get into the word of God. So you can avoid both dealing with God's displeasure as well as bringing unwanted natural consequences upon yourself. After all, why would you want to continue doing those things that hurt you and hurt others to begin with? Take full advantage of the life Christ offers by learning and applying what he teaches us so we can be blessed. So having prefaced the importance of God's word, let's get into a few things that today's passage in Proverbs says that are definite no-nos. We'll start with verse 4, and this is what it says, we read it again. An evildoer gives heed to false lips, a liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. An evildoer, or someone that has not yet been transformed by Christ, has the tendency to pay attention to false lips or lies. Why is that? Because when a person likes to do what is wrong, then they are attracted to that which supports the wrong actions they want to commit. Most people tend to gravitate to those things that accommodate their sin, that make them feel like they are in the right when they are doing something wrong. Hardly anyone appreciates being corrected. And the same goes for a liar, a person that is still convinced that lying is the way to go. A liar will listen to someone that supports the lifestyle they want to lead. The problem with this is that a person who wants to do wrong can and will gain human support for their actions. But that support will be gone when we all stand before the Almighty. And get this, Satan, the one that tempts you, and entices you to sin, will be the one that condemns you before God for those same wrong actions he tempts you to do. That's interesting, right? That is a definition of pure evil. We need to get this through our heads, that Satan only wants our destruction, because he is pure evil. He is the father of all lies, so he will outright lie to you, so that he gets you to do what he wants you to do, and that is to hurt yourself and others. The next verse is verse 11, where it says, An evil man seeks only rebellion, therefore a cruel messenger will be sent against him. This evil man or person that seeks only rebellion is a person that hears the word of God and says, I don't believe it, or I don't care what God says. That's what makes him or her evil, because everything that goes against God willfully is evil. 
And when a person rejects God enough times, and we don't know what the magic number is, but there is a limit to his mercy, then the opportunities to hear the truth of God go away. And he or she will only be surrounded by lies, by messengers that will only bring destruction. The Bible is very clear in that God is slow to anger, but that doesn't mean that his anger never comes. It just means that it takes quite some persistent effort to get him there. But after all, if a person rejects over and over and over God's truth, then God is only allowing for what they desire in the end. God is not going to force anyone to be with him. This is all voluntary, folks. That whole thing that some people say that we will all get to be with God whether we decide for him or not is a lie. Why would God force someone to be with him eternally if they cannot even stand his truth, his word for five minutes? So we all will get what we truly want, but what we want may not be the best in the end. People like to sin, but they really don't want to pay the price that comes with it if they really understood what that price is. The next verse is verse 13, and it says this, Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. That sounds fairly straightforward, right? It should be. But in practice, we sometimes get things backwards. That's why we cannot react instinctively, because our instincts still are heavily influenced by the sin that still lives inside of us. Christ may have forgiven us, but we still need to deal with ourselves, as weird as that sounds. That's why we need to allow ourselves to be transformed by God through His Holy Spirit, through the washing of His Word. We need to unlearn the wrong things we've learned. Many times, we just need to start over to turn ourselves into a blank piece of paper and allow for His Word to be written on us. That's why complete repentance and conversion is essential so that we can essentially start again when we are born again in the Spirit as the Bible teaches. When do we reward evil for good, some of you might be asking. Well, let's say someone shares with you something that is in God's Word that points out something you are doing wrong. Everyone's first reaction is to feel offended, upset, angry, and so on, and people usually wind up shooting the messenger. But if it is something legitimately from God's word and a person doesn't accept it, then God is the one that's being rejected. And of course, the person that shares that truth is rejected as well. So when someone is telling you the truth and you mistreat them for sharing that truth, then you are rewarding evil for good. And let me tell you, most people do this. I know that there are are many of you that listen or read what we put out there, but I also know that there are many that have turned away or tuned out because they just didn't like something they heard or read. Something offended them. And well, that's fine. But we need to be careful how we react to God's truth because we are then bringing something else upon us, upon our house that is not that great. Everything has a void and it will either be filled by good or by evil, but one of the two will fill that void. That is an irrefutable universal law. Okay, let's look at verse 15 now where it says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. 
This is another one that should be fairly straightforward, but this only becomes truly obvious when we know God's Word. And here is where a lot of believers may get it wrong because they ignore God's truth. Romans chapter 1 verse 32 says this, Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. If you support or approve sin, you are also as guilty as the ones that are doing it wrong. And here is where many will be offended, get upset, etc. As Christians, we cannot approve the wrongs that people do. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to go organize a public rally or a march or whatever. What this means is that if something is wrong, we need to stand our ground and not approve it. And this should be done out of love, not for the sake of being a holier-than-thou kind of thing or being religious. If we see a loved one that is destroying themselves with their lifestyle, you should not approve what they're doing. You should help them find their way to the Lord. You should pray for them so that they can stop hurting themselves. In a similar manner, people condemn the just because there are some people out there that do not approve the wrong that is being done and they are scorned for it because there's a larger group of people even within many churches that go along by what society says is okay rather than by what God says is okay. I mean, I get it. It's hard to go against the current of this world. But when we go with the world's current, which is ultimately Satan's lead, we are then succumbing to Satan's rule rather than God's leadership. And in doing so, we wind up justifying the wicked and hurting the just. Moving on. Verse 20 says this, He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. So we either become deceitful or remain deceitful in our heart when we have not completely turned to God with all of our heart because sin is still reigning within us or has regained its dominion over us. Yes, there is such a thing as falling back into what we used to be if we let sin reign in our lives if we take on the world's ways again, if our lifestyle becomes sinful. That's why we need to stay true to our decision for Christ and we need to get as close as we can because we are constantly under attack. Satan and his evil forces are relentless. They will not let up. So we have to be just as relentless in our pursuit of the Lord. And so we cannot trust in ourselves, but rather rely on the Lord but that is a decision thing. We need to allow the Lord to continue working in our hearts, in our minds. Finally, verse 23 says this, A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. This one is another one that should be fairly self-explanatory, but it is only easy to follow when we know what is right and wrong. If we are not clear on right and wrong, then we will not see something as a bribe to pervert the ways of justice, but rather we will see it as a reward for a job well done. God's Word and the wisdom contained within is God's counsel to us. 
But the only way that we will ever get the benefit it brings is not only by reading it, but we also have to study it and make it a part of our lives. God's Word must become the foundation of our lives, of our knowledge, so that everything is filtered through it. Otherwise, we will miss so many things and do so many things wrong. Not because we didn't have His instruction, but because we didn't take full advantage of the opportunity He gives us to transform our lives and avoid the painful consequences that come with bad decisions. The Bible says this in the book of Hosea, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. But the good news is that if you are listening to this right now, and if by any chance you have not made a decision to seek after him and his word, or if you have strayed off somewhere else, it's time to look for him and or to come back to him. This isn't John that's talking, but rather it's the Lord through his word that is telling you to take advantage and to seek after him. Turn your life around. Look for him because he loves you and he only wants the best for you. It won't be easy, but I can guarantee you that it is the best thing you can ever do. Make a determination for the Lord today. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to understand our true enemy. Help us to understand what is truly evil. Lord God, help us to understand that sin absolutely does not help us in any kind of way. And that Satan is only after our souls and destroying anything and everything that is in us and around us. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that your word is truth and that your word is life and that we really need to look for your word and we really need to apply it in our lives and, and that it really needs to become a part of our hearts. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the incredible value behind your word, behind your wisdom. Lord God, help us to understand that your ways are life and that we need to be careful even with ourselves. That we still have to deal with sin in our lives. We still have weaknesses. We still have flaws and many things lord I, i'm the first one of that i know that i have so many things to still work in my life but heavenly father help us to turn to you and to trust in you and to let you work in our hearts and our lives that when you say something is wrong help us to just accept it and say okay it's wrong and and to ask you to help us with it lord god and not to say no i don't care or i want to do what i want to do help us oh lord not to be prideful with you Help us to be soft and malleable and, and just easy to work with, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to you. Because in the end, help us to understand that all you want is what's good for us. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand that. I pray for every person that's listening, Lord God, right now. I pray, Heavenly Father, that if someone has not yet come to Christ, that Heavenly Father, that they may make that decision today as they're listening to come to you. And Heavenly Father, if someone has strayed away, help them, O oh Lord, to come back, to know that you love them and to know that if you are still speaking to them today, it is because you want them back and you want to do great things in their lives, Lord God, and that you want to rebuild those things that have been destroyed by sin. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are so merciful. I give you thanks and I praise you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.